All right, welcome to week 10 of the Helped Podcast, and here's Matt with announcements. Thank you, David. One announcement this week is that next week we are going to have our first guest appearance. We're still figuring out how to do that technically. Uh, And on the off chance that our guest flakes on us last minute, dear listener, we ask that you keep your phone nearby so that we can call you in as a backup. So our topic today is gig work, part-time work, flexible work, whatever you want to call it. Uh, When we were putting together a pitch deck to go out for some investment, we used an example of Ralph. Ralph was this fellow who was a a former network administrator um, who was looking for flexible work, gig work. He wanted to make ends meet without working the the typical nine to five. Uh, And so what what we did in the the pitch deck is we really talked about what value help can provide in uh, somebody who's looking for that sort of flexible work, uh, the ways it lets them take advantage of their, their skill sets, their experience, how you know it eliminates some of the downsides of some of the alternatives. And we're just going to take a few minutes to go through some of that stuff. But first, before we get into all the nitty gritty, David, have you ever done gig work? Yes. In 2012, I think I was between jobs and I had a Prius. And I thought to myself, oh, I can use this Prius to make some money and, you know, make ends meet. And uh, I did it for one evening and one evening only. I drove for a couple of hours, picked up a couple folks, took them back and forth. Uh, hated it, frankly. Awful. So what would happen if you had sold the Prius and bought Uber stock in 2012 instead? Probably be a lot better. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a lesson you anyone consider gig work instead. Sell your car, sell your computer, sell whatever it is, and go buy Uber stock or whatever the next big thing is. All right, so that's Uber. That's one option. What are the other options out there for people trying to make ends meet for those sorts of gig workers? Jeez, I, I mean, there's so many different companies out there right now. There's the the Task Rabbit. Um, there's the even just Uber. Uber has yeah, Uber and Eats, sure. you know, and then in that family, there's the DoorDash yeah, and the Grubhub. Right. I mean, you can yeah. you can deliver packs. I think Amazon has something now where Flex, they do the yeah. delivery drivers. Um, and that's all just getting in your car, driving places. You mentioned TaskRabbit. That can be virtually anything that, that somebody needs and is willing to pay for. That's true. Um, Twitch streaming is a big thing. I guess that kind of counts <laughs> as, as gig economy. I mean, YouTube stream, same idea. Yeah. People starting all sorts of Etsy shops. Fiverr, I think, in the same vein of yeah. TaskRabbit, whatever somebody needs, you're connected with somebody who's willing to, to pay. Um, eBay, selling eBay. stuff on eBay. Yeah, yeah. buying, yeah. selling That's stuff right. makes makes a lot of sense. Right. So then w- let's let's look at those. So in mm-hmm. Uber, a DoorDash, you're getting in your car, you're driving as your, your gig work. What's, really? what's the pros and cons of that? Well, I mean, it's your car, right? It's something that you've, you've bought, and, and now you're potentially putting some undue wear and tear on it. Um, you've also got people you know, hopping in the car and not necessarily appreciating your stuff the same way you would. Um, so driving, uh, it's easy for me to say wear and tear. Uh, I mean, the, the added cost of insurance, gas, like there's a lot of a lot of cons there. Uh, yeah, I guess on the plus side, you're yeah. able to do it whenever you want. Maybe you do have a sure. full-time job. That's probably outside of the typical dinner shift for delivering, you know, somebody's uh, Uber Eats or the, the bar shift mm-hmm. for when you're Mm-hmm. Trying to just do the traditional Uber thing, picking people up. So you have that flexible schedule, but yeah, you're you're right. There's that downside of needing to put all those extra miles on your car and the, the costs that come with it. Yeah, you get to meet people though. I feel like fifty percent of the time when I get into an Uber, somebody tries to hand me a business card for something. 
So I guess it's a marketing opportunity. It's a pro. I guess for some people, that's a, the pro. I guess for myself, <laughs> I, I generally just get in there, sit quietly, and, and hope they drive. Uh, play fair. some good music. So then maybe someone doesn't want to get in their car. Maybe yeah. they want to do something from home. There's the, the Fiverr, the TaskRabbit. Yeah. What are the pros and cons of those sorts of... I mean, you know, if it's something where it's location-based, like if you're looking for somebody here in town to do something for you, um, there's not a lot of competition to that. But if it's something that could potentially be done by anybody anywhere, then you're talking about you know global competition. There could be hundreds or thousands of people that can do the thing that you're offering, and now you got to fight for it, and you know adjust your price, and you know I don't know. It seems like a lot of struggle there. Yeah, I remember I was looking to uh, to develop some uh, a website, and it was kind of a sophisticated back end. I needed some development help. This was, I don't know, six, seven years ago. That was for the magic thing, right? Yeah. Did you ever Twitch stream that? I should have. we gotta, yeah. we got to start doing this. Right. Stay, stay tuned, listeners. Um, but yeah, so I, I looked on Upwork, actually. And Upwork was a, a great marketplace mm-hmm. of developers. Mm-hmm. And you could find somebody domestic. You could call up on the phone, chat with. Or you could find someone overseas. And more recently, as we've been doing this, it helped now. We've actually heard about three clear tiers. There's mm-hmm. the high-end domestic tier you expect to pay the most. There's the, I don't know, I don't want to call it near-shore tier. It's maybe the more Eastern European tier mm-hmm. where it's kind of middle price and you kind of expect some level of quality. And then there's the sort of Wild West tier where you can find somebody from some far-flung corner of the world who's willing to work Super cheap, but it's pretty hit or miss. Yeah. In my case, I felt like it was it was pretty hit. I actually hired someone from Nepal. I think I was paying, I don't know, it was five, seven, eight dollars. It was something very, very inexpensive. Um, and it worked out great for me, but I probably just got lucky. It could have been mm-hmm. some money down the drain where I would have been back to square one a little bit later. If mm-hmm. I'm a developer in the US, I know that's that's the competition. I competition. need to pay myself a livable wage. I need to charge you know, a livable wage, but then I have somebody in a much lower cost of living area in Nepal that I'm competing with. It's a bit of a struggle. Let's go off the rails. You said something about like the Eastern European tier. What things made them attractive to you? I mean, was it just that they were clear and concise in their communication? Was it that they were capable? Like, like what were the things that made you say, you know, somebody here is one level of price. Somebody in Eastern Europe is another level of price. And then somebody in some far off place is another level of price. Well, you know, at the time I used Upwork, I, I wasn't aware of that at all. Yeah. I think this is something that came up more recently as we've been, you know, looking for some development help at Helped, where somebody explained to us right. that, that those are the options. And I know we actually engaged with a, a developer that's uh, based in the Ukraine. I think they also had offices in the U.S. and Brazil. So they were kind of a a hybrid model kind of combining the various options to try to hit that price point. I think it's an example of where I, I don't I don't know how to I don't know explain it well politically correctly, but it's almost like a westernized culture, so someone who can yeah. maybe understand what you're trying to offer um but the lower cost of living means the the lower cost of development, the lower you know wages that, that the developers need to be paid. And I think that that's what I'm trying to, to get to. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that are providing services or products or things like that that, you know, they're in a different class depending on the way that they present themselves. And I'm not trying to pitch help. I guess I am trying to pitch help. But, you know, in some cases, we can step in and be that arm, right? We can be that 
local arm of an organization and, and answer the phone as if we were them, right? Yeah, I mean, wow, way to turn this into just a sales pitch. I thought Sorry, we do this for the love of podcasting. Sorry, yeah, no, I just... <laughs> All right, so then we talked about stuff like eBay, Etsy, you know, product-based. Right. Pros and cons of that. Um, well, I mean, that's a, it's, a, it's a grind. If you were to say, I'm going to go in my closet and I'm going to sell all my stuff, that's one thing. Um, and it's very limited. If you were to say, I'm going to go start buying stuff for cheap and trying to sell it for a little bit more, um, then it's a huge grind. Then you're, you're almost doing the same thing. You're driving around. You're, you know, you're going to people's houses or meeting up somewhere and buying something. And, you know, you're dealing with all of the craziness that goes behind that. Um, but I think ultimately the, the, the pro is you get to market your services when you go and you meet all these different people. Sorry, I'm trying to be positive this time, but it's not working out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it is a bit of a challenge. I mean, when you're selling the product stuff, there's just kind of limited products available. I mean, you, yeah. you do need to do that marketing. You need to have that brand that comes up first. You need to look polished. If someone's on Etsy, they can probably find yeah. five of the same thing. You need to be the one that that they pick. Um, you're probably not making a great margin on that. Who knows who exactly you're competing with? You have to deal with the returns, the refunds, and things like that. Yeah. On the other hand, maybe you get to do something you enjoy. I remember when I was doing the woodworking thing. You know, yeah. we, we built a lot of our own furniture, and I think you even suggested, why don't you start making stuff to to sell online, uh -huh. sell it on Etsy. And I, I don't know, there were, there were trade-offs of that. Obviously, I decided not to do it at the time, but I can see how that is taking a hobby, something I enjoy doing, and turning it into a way to make a box. So I can, I can see there being some pros to that. Sure. But now let's talk a little bit more about Helped. Yeah. If somebody were to come to Help to be an agent, mm -hmm. how does that fit the gig economy, and, and how is this going to be a positive for them? Well, you know, I mean, we're talking about flexibility that has never been offered in, in my working career that we're trying to offer to people. You know, it's part time. It's, you know, whenever you want to work it um, and it's something that will, um, you know, I, I don't I actually don't know where I'm going with this. All right. Well, so I think one example that you always give when There's. you're talking to people is back when you were a hiring manager at a previous position, all the resumes oh, that you saw. Yeah. Nobody, not a single person, put Uber on their resume. Uh, there was actually a guy that tried to get a job as a product manager that put uh, reselling stuff on, on eBay on his resume, which was which was actually fine for the role. But when it comes to some of the technical stuff, I, I never saw Uber on, on a resume. Yeah, so helped agents, you know, they get to to build out their resume because they're using real skills. The agents that we have are trained, certified, educated. You know, whether they're electrical engineers by you know university training whether they have their CompTIA certifications in, in network engineering whatever it is they have these real skills and working for help means they're actually applying those skills they're able to do it in, you know flexible hours you know there's a variety yeah. of shifts just because we're offering 24 7 coverage they're able to work from home while they're doing it they don't have to worry about putting miles on the car they don't have to worry about one of the customers calling in and and you know scratching up the the back seat that's of the right. car that's right <laughs> All yep. right, so we're, we're running a, a little long oh, here. So long. now we're going to move on to our usual last segment, our tech support horror story, except uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this time it's going to be a gig work gig horror story. Gig work horror story. David, what do you have? Uh, so I got a good one. Uh, this happened recently. Uh, I will leave the names out of it. Uh, but I have a relative uh, who I 
gave uh, a gift to during a holiday period uh, that was this very nice purse. Uh, so this relative of mine um, went out and had a fantastic evening and uh, was at a restaurant or, or a bar where, you know, everybody uh, knew her name. Uh, uh, ooh, she was a cheers. Uh, it wasn't cheers. It wasn't cheers. Uh, and, you know, the, the drinks were flowing. Everybody's having a great time. And, uh, and she decided to hop into the Uber and uh, responsibly, you know, taking an Uber to get home uh, about to five, maybe 10 minutes into the ride. Uh, it seems like all of the good time was uh, making its way out of her body and in which she decided to barf in that nice purse that was, that was gifted to her. Uh, doesn't sound I, like much of a horror story. At least it went in the purse instead of the back seat, right? It, it's a gig work horror story. So just imagine being that guy that said, I'm going to, take on Uber driving so that I can earn a few bucks and having to deal with somebody in the back seat barfing in their purse. I mean, like, luckily it was in the purse as opposed to just everywhere in the back seat. Yeah, I, I almost spoiled it before when I talked about how you could work from <laughs> home, not to worry about maintenance. At least you're not going to have a, a caller calling in and, and barfing, barfing on, on the, the couch yeah. you're sitting on. So, uh, that's fair. yeah, I can see how, how that would be a horror story. I mean, I guess there's all sorts of different ways to, to deal with people. And some mm-hmm. of these gig work jobs, you're working with people kind of at their worst. So yep. to uh, to the unnamed family member, you ruined a nice gift. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for uh, for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Vroom. Vroom.